when I'm up here and I'm looking around at everyone here, it's hard not to see kids everywhere. Such a blessing. Such a blessing to look around and see so many kids. I think we're up to over 50 under the age of 18 right now. That is a lot of kids. And you know how many of them are adopted? There's 12 my age and younger that are adopted in our number on a regular basis. Wow. Such love, such care, such devotion by so many families for these kids. And they just become part of that family and looking from the outside, you would never know the difference except for maybe their skin color. You never know. Twelve kids. Adoption's not an easy thing. It's not an easy process. So the fact that so many here have gone through it, sometimes multiple times, is truly amazing. It's an expensive process. It can cost anywhere from twenty-five to $45,000 according to today.com. Now, there's other ways that that's cheaper. Some ways where it's even more expensive to adopt. That was just one source that I pulled. It's expensive. comes at a great price. And it's a time-consuming process. Sometimes this process can take two years or more to complete. One service actually takes pride in itself or um, makes it known that they complete their adoptions in under 18 months. But when you're spending your days thinking about this child, when you're looking at bringing this child into your life, 18 months is still a long, long time. It's time-consuming and it's emotional. It's emotional for everybody. Especially when you have older kids involved, they've got emotions in it. But the parents, both the birth parents and the adoptive parents, there's a lot of emotions, a lot of excitement, maybe fear, trepidation. So There's a lot that goes into it. We've seen families here as they prepare to adopt. We see, you know, their excitement. Um, I will never forget Jeremy Burns' face when they had Evie here for the first time. When they got back from Arizona and he was here for the first time ever, or after. Just the excitement on his face. And then the glowing faces of Destiny and Tingley to have a little sister. And we can just see that over and over and over again here. Both in our adopted and biological families. It's, it's everywhere. It's such a joy to see. Such a joy to be a part of. But there's something special about that process of adopting. Right? There's a choice involved. And it appeals to us. 
it appeals to us maybe because we've been adopted ourselves, right? We were children in terrible homes. We were children without a guide. We were lost and without hope. We were in darkness. Destruction and death waited for us. We've been brought out of that terrible home and given a Father who loves us, cares for us, and wants to give us everything, has given us everything we need. We're going to look at that tonight. There's a lot of different a lot of different circumstances under which adoptions happen. Sometimes a birth mother just feels that she cannot take care of a child. Other times, children are being actively removed from a terrible environment, one that's harmful to them in various ways. Some adoptions come from other countries where... They're in countries that are poorer and more oppressed than we are here. Whatever the case, in the vast majority of adoptions, it's an increase in the well-being of the child. That's the goal every time. We we're in a terrible place, a terrible home. We're going to see before we were adopted, we were lost and we were neglected. We were without a shepherd. We followed bad instructions and advice. We were headed down a path that led to destruction and death. We were futile, foolish, dirty, lustful, and gullible. Paul describes it this way in Romans chapter 1. Because although they knew God, they did not glorify Him as God, nor were thankful, but became futile in their thoughts, and their foolish hearts were darkened. Professing to be wise, they became fools, and changed the glory of the incorruptible God into an image made like corruptible man and birds and four-footed animals and creeping things. Therefore God also gave them up to uncleanness, to the lust of their hearts, to dishonor their bodies among themselves, who exchanged the truth of God for the lie and worshipped and served the creature rather than the Creator, who was blessed forever. Amen. For this reason God gave them up to vile passions, for even their women exchanged the natural use for what is against nature. Likewise, also the men leaving the natural use of the woman burned in their lust for one another, men with men committing what is shameful. Again, futile, foolish, dirty, lustful, gullible. This is where we were. This is what we've come from. To the Corinthians, he says, No, you yourselves do wrong and cheat, and you do these things to your brethren. Do you not know that the unrighteous will not inherit the kingdom of God? Do not be deceived. 
neither fornicators, nor idolaters, nor adulterers, nor homosexuals, nor sodomites, nor thieves, nor covetous, nor drunkards, nor revilers, nor extortioners will inherit the kingdom of God. What are his next words? As such were some of you. That's where they came from. That's where we come from. We were without hope. We were lost. But we didn't stay in that home. We were given an escape. In an adoption, a child is, or in that process, especially when um, DHR, foster care, all that's involved, children are actively removed from the house. For us, we're not removed from the situation. We're given a way out. We're given a door. We're given an opportunity. God did the work. He made the way of escape possible to us. He gave us the opportunity. In Romans 5 verse 8, but God demonstrates His own love toward us in that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. God has done the work. He's made it possible for us to leave our bad homes, our terrible living conditions. And He made it known to us that we were in these terrible living conditions. Without the Bible, without His Word, we wouldn't know where we were, what we were missing. He's made it known to us and provided us a way out. Jesus is the door that gives us freedom. In John chapter 10, Jesus describes Himself as the door in relation to being a shepherd. That as a shepherd, He being the door would open and allow the sheep or He would close and protect them at night. But in the same way, Jesus is our door to freedom. He is our escape. Go to John chapter 10 with me and we'll read there. John chapter 10, starting in verse 7. Then Jesus said to them again, Most assuredly I say to you, I am the door to the sheep. All whoever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. If anyone enters by me, he will be saved and will go in and out and find pasture. The thief does not come except to steal and to kill and to destroy. I have come that they may have life, that they may have it more abundantly. In this case, living in this home, the thieves and the robbers, they're in the house with us. They're causing trouble, damage, destruction inside of the house. We have an escape route. We have a way out of the house. In chapter 14, John chapter 14, verse 6, Jesus says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is our only way to safety, to salvation, to a better home. He will give us life. 
more than 50,000 children are adopted out of foster care every year. 50,000. They're coming out of these broken homes. When we are baptized, when we follow God, we are coming out of a broken home. And we walk out that door when we leave the world of sin and destruction. And we devote ourselves to God. We see that in 1 Corinthians chapter 6 where we've already been. We read the first half of verse 10. Or the first half of 11. But you were washed but you were sanctified, but you were justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of our God. We were dirty. We were defiled. But we've been washed. We've been cleansed and sanctified and justified through Jesus. In Acts chapter 22, verse 16, Now why are you waiting? Arise and be baptized and wash away your sins, calling on the name of the Lord. How are we cleansed? It's when our sins are washed away in baptism. That's how we leave our broken and disgusting homes. Once we leave, nothing can make us walk back through that door. No one can take us from God's hand. Romans chapter 8. Romans chapter 8, verse 38. For I am persuaded that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor height, nor depth, nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God, which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. We're coming from these nasty homes. God did the work to provide us an escape. Jesus is the door to let us out. Then we walk out that door by putting off the old, putting on the new. Nothing can make us go back there. Nothing. But if we choose to go back, what are we going back to? We're going back to the disgusting home. We're going back to... going back to everything we wanted to escape. We've been taken from this home. Foster care is a very necessary, very helpful thing for some children. But it's not permanent. They're always bouncing around. Sometimes they get to go back to a improved home. A lot of times they're going from family to family for years and years. 
we're not stuck in this limbo of bouncing from place to place. We've been adopted. We've been chosen and we've been made children of God. We see that in Ephesians chapter 1. Ephesians chapter 1, we'll start in verse 3 there. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places in Christ, just as He chose us in Him before the foundation of the world, that we should be holy and without blame before Him in love, having predestined us to adoption as sons by Jesus Christ to Himself, according to the good pleasure of His will, to the praise the glory of His grace by which He made us accepted in the Beloved. We said before that adoption is a long process. It can take years to complete. We've been adopted, but it took millennia for that adoption to be completed. We see in Galatians 4, verse 4, that God's plan, God's plan took millennia to complete. But when the fullness of time had come, God sent forth His Son, born of a woman, born under the law. Combine that with what we've read in Ephesians 1. He chose us in Him before the world began. We are at 2,000 years since the time of Christ, or over. Before that, there were at least 3,500 years or so B.C., before Christ. We're looking at roughly 7,000 years, maybe. Before the world began, God had a plan to save us, to adopt us as His children. And because we're adopted, because we've been chosen, given a home, we can call God our Father. We see that in Romans 8. Romans 8, starting in verse 12. Therefore, brethren, we are debtors, not to the flesh to live according to the flesh. For if you live according to the flesh, you will die. But if by the Spirit you put to death the deeds of the body, you will live. For as many as are led by the Spirit of God, these are sons of God. For you do not receive the spirit of bondage again to fear but you receive the spirit of adoption by whom we cry out, Abba, Father. We have a Father in heaven who wants to give us everything if we'll just accept it. With our adoption, we've been given a new family. We have a loving Heavenly Father 
1 Corinthians chapter 8, verse 6. Yet for us there is one God, the Father, of whom are all things, and we for Him. One Lord Jesus Christ, through whom all things are and through whom we live. And in Luke 6, verse 35 and 36, Love your enemies, do good and lend, hoping for nothing in return, and your reward will be great, and you will be sons of the Most High. For He is kind to the unthankful and evil. Therefore be merciful, just as your Father also is merciful. And God demonstrates His great love that while we were still sinners, Christ died for the ungodly. We've read that. But God has done the work. He has loved us and made the sacrifice so that He can be our Father. We have an elder brother, Jesus Christ. Romans 8 again. This time in verse 29. For whom He foreknew, He also predestined to be conformed to the image of His Son. He might be the firstborn among many brethren. Mark chapter 3. Mark chapter 3. Jesus is speaking and someone says, "Your, Your mother and your brothers are looking for you. Jesus has this to say. He answered them saying, Who is my mother or my brothers? He looked around in a circle at those who sat about him and said, Here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of God is my brother, my sister, and my mother. We have a heavenly father. We have an elder brother. And here, we have fathers and mothers and brothers and sisters. Mark chapter 10. Mark chapter 10. Verse 29. So Jesus answered and said, Assuredly, I say to you, there is no one who has left house or brothers or sisters or father or mother or wife or children or lands for my sake and the gospel's who will not receive a hundredfold now in this time, houses and brothers and sisters and mothers and children and lands with persecutions and in the age to come, eternal life. We've been given gifts. God will bless us richly if we are faithful to Him. If we listen to Him. He will bless us. He has blessed us. He gave His Son to die for us, to be the propitiation for our sins. He gives us gifts in this life. Luke chapter 11. Luke chapter 11. Verse 10, For everyone who asks receives, and he who seeks finds, and to him who knocks it will be opened. 
If a son asks for bread from any father among you, will he give him a stone? Or if he asks for a fish, will he give him a serpent instead of a fish? Or if he asks for an egg, will he offer him a scorpion? If you then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your heavenly Father give the Holy Spirit to those who ask him? In this life, God will give us everything we need. Do not worry about tomorrow what you will eat, what you will wear. God clothes the sparrows and the grass of the field. He will take care of us and give us everything we need. He is our loving Father. He wants to give us these things. He wants to provide for us. He does provide for us if we put our trust in Him. We have an inheritance. As children, we have an inheritance waiting for us. Romans chapter 8. Back in Romans chapter 8 again. This time in verse 16. The Spirit Himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and if children, then heirs, heirs of God, and joint heirs with Christ. If indeed we suffer with Him, that we may also be glorified together. And in Romans 6, just a page or two back, But now, having been set free from sin, having become slaves of God, you have your fruit of holiness and the end everlasting life. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. We have life forever with God. 2 Timothy 4, verse 8. Finally, there is laid up for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will give to me on that day, not to me only, but also to all who have loved his appearing. James chapter 1, verse 12. Blessed is the man who endures temptation. For when he has been approved, he will receive the crown of life, which the Lord has promised to those who love him. And Revelation 2, verse 10. Do not fear any of those things which you are about to suffer. Indeed, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison, that you may be tested and you will have tribulation ten days. Be faithful until death, and I will give you the crown of life.
as children. We have an inheritance. We have eternal life and a crown laid up for us. Adoptions are expensive. And ours is no different. It came at a terrible price. At the price of the Son of God. He came to this earth. He lived. He died. After living a sinless life. That we might have life eternal. We have hope because He was raised on the third day. The first, the firstborn among the resurrection. Jesus was the price for our salvation. He is our hope. He is our life. He's given us life. Now He's the door. He's the door that we can walk out of. If you're not a Christian tonight, you're living in this darkness. You're living in this world of pain and suffering. And it may not look like it now, but it's headed to death. God has opened a way. He's given us a way out. Jesus is the door so we can get out. We walk through that door. We leave that home when we believe. When we confess Christ. When we're baptized for the remission of sins. And we never have to go back through that door. We never have to go back to that darkness and death. Because God hold us in His hand and nothing can separate us from His love. Do you know the love of God tonight as we find in the Bible? Do you know the way to life through Jesus? If we can help you tonight, if we can... If you can start your walk tonight by being baptized or if you can... Renew that walk. You've gone back to that house. The door remains open. You can come out, but there's no other way out. The only way is through Jesus. The only way is through that door. There is no other path to salvation. If we can help you tonight, please come as we stand and as we sing together.